0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Severs Podcast. This is episode number 105 dedicated to get into a man who was born on June twenty second, 1962 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Mr. Clyde Drexler, and as always, thank you for listening and downloading to another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we talk a little bit about Jamal Adams requesting a trade. There is a popular chant that goes on during Florida Gator football games that won't happen anymore. And it looks like Dak Prescott is going to sign the franchise tag. But first, when it comes to college sports, specifically college football. Ohio State and Alabama are two of the best programs that we've had year in and year out. And in 2027 and 2028, these two schools will play a home-in-home series. These two schools have never met in the regular season on the opposing school's campus. So not only is it big that these two schools are meeting each other in the regular season, it's also big because this is monumental. This is the first, and this is something that, as a college football fan, I am looking forward to. In college football, we get it some in college basketball, not home and home. But we do get it some in college basketball, where some top programs play each other in in, uh, in out of conference or non conference games. But in college football, there was a time period where this would where this wouldn't be thought of. You would not get blue bloods. You would not get some of the most prestigious football programs, and college football to play each other in the regular season. But that's going out of the window. You remember a few years ago, it was Texas and Notre Dame. Big, big game. I think it was actually the first college football game that Joey Tess called in his recent tenure. Uh, I think it was Joey Joey Tess called that game towards a, not recent tenure, his last tenure, towards the end of his tenure as being a college football play-by-play man before going to the Monday, Monday Night Football booth. And so these two schools, it's huge. We get Texas and Notre Dame. Remember last year we got Notre Dame and Georgia, and I'm thinking we got LSU and Texas. I'm like, wow, I love these match- matchups. But Ohio State and Alabama, this is something I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Not in the regular season, maybe in the postseason in the playoff era, but not in the regular season. But no way hold on not so fast my friend that thought that I had is going to end very very soon these schools have met four times in the program's history only once in the regular season that was in 1986 at the Meadowlands it was a kickoff classic Alabama won that in 1978 they met in the Sugar Bowl Alabama won that as well in 1995 they met in the Citrus Bowl the same winner, Alabama won that one too. But in 2014, the one that most of us will remember, uh, most recently, the first uh, year of the college football playoff, Alabama, Ohio State met. Ohio State won, and then the very next game after beating Alabama in the 2014 playoff. So my final round, they beat Oregon to win the very first college football playoff national game championship these schools together meeting on the field is huge this is my this is big this is something that you would love to see that you long for you want to see schools like this schools of this caliber meeting in the regular season not just in the postseason no postseason is great but you would love to see these schools play in the regular season because, well, it's going to show early in the season how good these schools are. Speaking of how good these schools are and non-conference schedules and what one or both coaches or what, 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 excuse me, of what one coach and how he views this particular schedule and this particular addition to the schedule, Nick Saban, Nick Saban had this to say about adding Ohio State to their non-conference schedule, quote, the addition of Ohio State to our future non-conference schedule shows the commitment our program and administration has to creating the best possible games for our players and fans and quote hey Nick um I know you're not delusional I know you're a wise man I know you think before you talk but uh, hey, hey Nick um do you not realize before you play the Iron Bowl before you play Auburn your biggest rival your biggest game every single year in the regular season you have a FCS school now, when I was growing up, it was D one AA, but FCS school that you, know, you play every single year. And actually, I'm pretty sure, if my memory is working well, it's not the best memory that I have, but it works pretty well. I think it's working good right now. Every S, every SCC school plays an FCS school every single year, and the majority of the time, the FCS school plays the F plays the SEC school before the biggest game of that year. So, um, hey guys, um, hey Nick. I know you get it on the surface. If I didn't know nothing about college football, I would say, "Wow, you're a genius! You're doing a great job. Keep it up, Nick." Um, hey, Nick. Uh, how about you and the SEC coaches uh, add one more conference game and then knock out that FCS school? I know you don't want to, you want to pad your schedule, but hey, man, y'all too good for stuff like that. Knock it out. These two schools as well as well have also boosted or also um, lifted up the competition that they've played in the out-of-conference games. Some upcoming games that Alabama has in their out-of-conference schedule go like this. They actually play USC this year. Then in the upcoming years, they play Texas, Wisconsin, Florida State, West Virginia, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Oklahoma, Arizona, and Virginia Tech. Ohio State plays these schools in some of their non-conference games. This year, they play Oregon. They also play in upcoming years, Notre Dame, Washington, Texas, and Georgia. And then also, there's one year, I want to say it's 2024, or 2025 they play Washington and Texas in the same season as a college football fan as a big college football fan I love the thought of these two schools meeting in the regular season on the opposite schools campus the only thing I would wish is that we didn't have to wait till 2027 for this matchup let's go ahead and take a trip to East Rutherford, New Jersey, because Jamal Adams spoke up recently during a slow news week, so I'm just wondering what news is going to pop up late in the week, and it's this. Jamal Adams is requesting a trade. It seems like any time in sports, someone is upset with something that's going on, either with the organization with their contract, or any kind of detail that may make someone upset with a member of a franchise or a program, even goes for the college level as well, they make it public. They don't go and take it behind closed doors and handle things like people used to or even like men or people should and keep it private, keep it uh, uh, between the people that it should be between and not let the public get it out and not let the media get their hands on it. No, no, no. They don't do that. They make things public. And honestly, to me, that's kind of annoying. I mean, as a, as a man, if, something has, if someone has a problem with me, come to me. Don't make it public. Don't put it on social media don't let the whole world know about something that we, about a dispute that you and I have come to me I I, I have no problem admitting that I am wrong and when it comes to the New York Jets we expect dysfunction. when it comes to New York sports speaking the Knicks and the Jets, Some of the Giants as well. We expect dysfunction. We expect players to be disgruntled. We expect players to not see eye to eye with the organization, the front office, some players, some teammates, things of that nature. And the Jamal Adams situation is no differences this this man has no problem letting people know when he is upset with something going on this man has no problem letting people know when he is not happy with the lack of discussion about a future contract or his next contract with the New York Jets you know what he does he goes public not just with a statement but also on social media there was a post that he made on on Social media saying that it may be time for him to leave New York. Now that's not quote for quote his comment, but you get the gist. Why go to social media? Why make it public? Why don't you go to your to your GM, to the people in the front office? Go to your head coach and "Amen, hey, look, I want to be a Jet. I know you guys say you want me to be a Jet for life." But no, I don't want to do that. I feel like that's not the right way to handle it. I am going to social media. I am going to let my thoughts out for social media. I am going to let the media get their hands on the thing that I, well, about how I feel about this situation. And guys, that ain't the way. To Jamal Adams and so many other athletes, they think that is the way. Going to social media, making it public, utilizing that as a a negotiation tool well, yeah, I get it. It can help us sometimes. But as Major League Baseball, we have seen, as the Major League Baseball players that, that they did, tell us when and where. Tell us when and where. Tell us when and where. That was, to me, a negotiation tactic. And what did it do? Nothing. Nothing at all. They weren't trying to say, tell. I don't believe they were saying, tell us when and where that they were actually going to play. See I think it goes more of a tool just say hey uh yeah tell us when tell us where we'll be there well what happened then nothing because major league baseball didn't tell them when didn't tell them where they proposed something else and the major league baseball players association shot it down but Jamal Adams sir whatever happened to people just doing things that well um the old fashioned way now, I understand you have Adam Gates. I understand the front the, the front office. I understand the team. I understand the frustration of the players. I understand that if I was a Jets fan, or if I was a beat writer for the Jets, I'll be tired of the same old thing. Yeah, you have Sam Darnold. Yeah, there's a bright spot. Yeah, you have L Bell. Yeah, there's a bright spot. Yeah, the old line, well, <laughs> not that good. So L Bell, Le'Veon Bell. We don't get to see him at his best because, well, the offensive line is not that good right now. So Jamal Adams, on the other hand, on the opposite side of the ball, but still, all pro safety, a guy that we know, he he's a game changer. He's a guy that when he's on the field, he is a legit game changer. So you would think that at some point, the Jets would go ahead and, well, do whatever he wants, well, they have a timetable. And in their timetable, this is actually their time period, so we thought that they were going to have negotiations for Jamal Adams' contract. But what happened? COVID-19 madness like i've said for so so long i'm going to continue to say it covid 19 madness that's what happened and that's what interrupted jamal adams schedule uh, contract negotiations you know when something when something doesn't happen in the timetable in the time period that you think it should you speak up sometimes a lot of people speak up to that person or the people they're close with not these young athletes they go public they go public and you know what happens when they go public this is very similar to the Anthony Davis situation in New Orleans when he stated that he wanted to leave New Orleans he was not happy they didn't put pieces around him so that they so that they could win they didn't see they, they didn't make him the focal point like you would have thought he was kind of happy unhappy of, of being mediocre so what did he do he let them know where he wanted to go play well what did Jamal Adams do about what the situation about requesting a trade in this manner he let the Jets know that if he were to be traded and he had teams that he would want to play for, I'm going to remind you this agent doesn't have permission to go out and talk about and seek out a trade with other franchises. just said, no, that's why the, the trade request was made public because Hey, maybe making it public, that'll help get things to go a whole lot faster. Yeah, it can, but nobody knows what's going to happen in the fall. I, we can all say, yes, there's going to be football. There's a possibility of fans being in the stands. But nobody knows 100%. I know what I think could happen. I know what You know what you think could happen. Some people have no idea. And honestly, in a situation like this, I am not surprised. It is actually a good spot to be in if you're a person that has no opinion about this man. But Jamal Adams has six teams, six, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, seven teams, excuse me. I can't count. But he has seven teams that, well, he has picked out that he would like to go play for. If he gets traded from the New York Jets. And when I was looking at these teams, I was thinking, well, Jamal Adams, with the teams you picked out, the seven teams, bro, I don't blame you. Because if I was in your shoes, I would love to be moved away from this as well. I would love to move from New York go from New York to another franchise. Why? because these teams are, they have more going for them, well, one of, most of them do, I'll get to the one that doesn't here in a second, but they have, well, somewhat does, but I'll get to that in a second, but they have things going for them, they have excitement, they have a buzz, they have a fan base that believes in them, they have a fan base that's excited for them, one of them is a recent Super Bowl winner, and actually one of them, I didn't add, it's it's actually eight, Uh, one of them was not, uh, was not listed, um, because it came a little bit later, but another one, It makes a lot of sense because they have a newcomer where all he does is win. So here's a list of teams that he has picked out, handpicked. Makes a lot of sense. If I was in his shoes, I would have these teams on my list as well because I want to play for a winner. And a lot of these teams, they have winning characteristics written all over them. The Dallas Cowboys, one of the teams he wants to play for. New coach Mike McCarthy. It sure looks like Dak Prescott is going to sign his his uh, franchise ten, uh, tender. Franchise tag. We're going to talk about that here in a second. They have uh, one of the best rosters on paper. This team, the Cowboys, are loaded, man. Offense and defense. There's a the t- they are a team. The eight and eight, the nine and seven. Those years. Even with Mike McCarthy, that that should be over. God, that should be over. That a new coach don't really matter. Those years, those days should be over. And Jerry Jones. Don't mess this up because <laughs> you got too much talent. I'm not saying the Jamal Adams trade, but you got too much talent to mess this up this season with or without Jamal Adams. Don't mess this up, man. I know you're the owner. I know you're the GM. I know it's a bad business model that from what I believe and he I talk to that they believe as well as far as not bringing in money, but as far as being successful on the field. Hey, I get it. You have won rings, but bruh, it's a new age. Give it up. Give somebody else that reign so you can stay on your yacht. And run and own and run your team the way you fit, see fit. Jamal Adams, I'm cool with the Cowboys, bro. I want to play for them too. The Seahawks, Pete Carroll. I I dig it. I mean, last year, think about it. They were literally a half yard away from being the first seed in the NFC playoffs. Went from the first seed to the fifth seed. By a half a yard, week seventeen, Sunday night football. I am at home on my couch watching that game, and I'm like, oh, I'm holding my breath. I'm getting kind of excited. I'm not a, I'm not a Seahawks fan or 49ers fan, but I was rooting for, for the 49ers. I love their defense. I love Nick Bosa. So the rest is history. So I'm watching that game. Okay, the Seahawks lose, uh get to the playoffs, Then they then they get eliminated. The Seahawks, though, man, Pete Carroll, he has found a way to get them to be competitive year after year after year. And so Jamal Ladders, man, if you want to go from New York to Seattle, across the country, hey, bro, I get it. The Eagles. Now, Eagles fans, they believe. Eagles fans, they were just, Eagles were just in the playoffs. The Eagles, they have talent. Now they need some more pieces. I think Jamal Adams going there would be a good thing. He may not be on the top. They may not be on the top of everyone's list, and they, they might not e- even be on some people's list. But the Eagles, Jamal Adams. Hey man, that that sure seems like a better option for me than where you currently are, the Chiefs. All I'm going to say is they won the Super Bowl last year, and they have Patrick. Mahomes yes they have Tyron Matthew but hey could you imagine Tyron Matthew and Jamal Adams and the secondary together (laughs) let that vision let that thought simmer and and just marinate in your brain for a little bit the San Francisco 49ers they basically choked in the play in the Super Bowl, or they would have been the Super Bowl champs over the Chiefs. They ha- yes, they lost Sheldon Day. Yes, they lost the Forest Buckner on the front. I believe that I, I I believe they had a player that may be out for the season. I forget his name. Uh, maybe a Debo Samuel. Forget me, forgive me. I, I saw I saw an alert. Man, a man recent injury offensive side. Yes, but hey, once again, Jamal Adams to San Francisco. Seems like a way better fit, more excitement. You know, San Francisco is buzzing out there. Everybody's happy. It's lively. Yeah, it's a pact. It's a lot of people packed in a small area. It's expensive. But hey, you are already in an expensive area. Jamal Adams, I get it, man. I would, I would want to leave Adam Gase as well to go to San Fran. Hey, let's make it happen. But I don't know, bruh. It's just saying you want to get traded. It don't work that easily. The Baltimore Ravens. Now, I'm not going to prolong this one. But did you watch them last year? I think you did. Who is a team that's expect, expected to be good this upcoming year? Probably a, a, a team that has a shot to win the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. So Jamal Adams makes a lot of sense if you want to go there. Hey, I can't knock it for you. If I was in your shoes, Baltimore would be on my list as well. Here's one that's here's the one that baffles me. Who who you know wants to go play for the Houston Texans? I mean, who who you know wants to go play for Bill O'Brien? Who, who, you know wants to go play for that man? Who you, who you know wants to go play down there? Now, granted, no state tax. Now, granted. Better climate, better, we- better weather than New-, than New York. Now, granted, a team that's been into the playoffs, a team that has talent, a team that just has a coach that doesn't really put it all together, and the a- coach and a GM, wow, guys, same guy. He-, he messes up on the field. He messes up in the front office. He makes bad trades. He can't manage the clock. He, ma- he can- 24-0 lead in the first quarter against the Chiefs. What happened? Folded, bro. They folded. It's embarrassing. It's rough to think about but if Jamal Adams was on there would he make them better yes would they have still lost to the Chiefs probably why because the Chiefs were really that good at Bill O'Brien well Bill O'Brien does what Bill O'Brien does and there were a team that was on there and I looked at, I looked at different articles I, I listed different interviews the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not on the list of written in, in, in the articles that I that I read but also the Buccaneers were some one of those teams that was just kind of left out there. That's out there that says, "Oh yeah, uh, um, he wants to go there as well." Do I knock him? Not really. Why? Wouldn't you want to play for Tom Brady? Or oh, excuse me, not Ford. With um, he's not the coach, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Wouldn't you want to play with Tom Brady? I mean, yeah, um, I would. Um, yeah, he all he does is what win. He wins a lot. I mean, if he's on the if he's on the field, if he's playing, if he's playing all sixteen games, there's a good shot you're going to the playoffs. If you're if Tom Brady's on the field and uh, he, he he's uh, playing all sixteen games, what's what's a, what's a good thing that, that that's possibly going to happen? You're probably going to go deep into the playoffs. There's a good shot you can get to the Super Bowl. And when Tom Brady gets to the Super Bowl, he wins more than he loses. End of story. Hey, Jamal Adams. I don't know, I'm not, I I am kind of skeptical, I'm not saying I'm optimistic with the Buccaneers, I'm more on the middle of the train, maybe more on the pessimistic side with the Buccaneers, but hey man, I get it, but Jamal Adams, is this the proper way to go about getting your money? I don't know, bro. This new age stuff, it may work for a little bit, but look at Anthony Davis, how long is he going to stay there in LA? Is he going to be there as long as LeBron, after LeBron, or will he leave before LeBron leaves? Nobody knows because Anthony Davis, new age guy, has a mind of his own. And Jamal Adams, you're saying the same thing. Anytime you're disgruntled, it seems seems like you speak out. So my question, the thing that's in my head is, if Jamal Adams goes somewhere else and gets disgruntled with the way things are going and they aren't going the way that he thinks they should, will he speak up? Will he mess up the culture? There's a good possibility he will. One of my favorite things about college football is the chance, the cheers, the atmosphere at games, even in college basketball, to an extent. Now, college football is a different animal than college basketball, but it's all the same. The chance, the cheers, the atmosphere, it's one thing that you desire when you go to a game you may go to certain games because of the atmosphere because you know there's a chant that goes on that you love and that you see it on tv and you're like wow I'm actually here I am live I am in the midst of this thing I am going to cheer like everyone else as an Ohio State Buckeye football fan I went to my first Ohio State football game I believe it was the 2013 I believe 2013. Big Ten championship game. You know, you know the old the old saying O H I O. All of you Midwesterners or Big Ten fans or uh, those of you that have gone to an Ohio State game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. O H I O, O H I O. When they go around the stadium, that was one thing that when I went, went to my first Ohio State game, I'm like, wow, man, this is different. It literally, my first my first uh, big style, big uh, major college football game was. The 2013 Big Ten Championship game with the first Card- first game Cardo Jones played, started, 59-0, went over Wisconsin, then a couple of games later, they won the Natty. But OH O-H-I-O, and since I have gone to a few more games, a few more Ohio State football games, and as they go around, O-H-I-O, and I am right there in the midst of it, excited because I am cheering for my fans. When you go to the Swamp. Florida Gator football games down in Gainesville, Florida, they have the Gator Bait chant. And you know what? That's one thing that follows the fan today, no matter if they're at home or on the road, those are some things that just follow you, the Gator Bait chant. Well, that chant will no longer be a, a part of Florida Gator football. Why? Well, the president said, even though there is, well, I'm not going to just paraphrase what he said. I'm just going to tell you what he said. The president has this to say about why he's eliminating this chant from the school. Before I read this, excuse me, I want to tell you the chant. If you ain't a gator, you must be gator bait. Started by Lawrence Wright. In, 1990, in, in 1996, former former Gator football player, the 1996 Jim Thorpe Award winner, and he's basically in a pep rally style in the stadium, on the, sta- on the stage, um, back at an end zone, so either on, either on his left and on his right, there are fans on either side, and they're like, what is this man saying, this is, a, this is new to us, but he said, if you ain't a Gator, you must be Gator bait, and he says it a few times, and then he says, LSU. Tennessee. Now, remember, back at this time, Tennessee was good. Before y'all started saying Tennessee's bad, the volunteers are trash. No, back at this time, Tennessee was good. Actually, they ended up winning a national championship as well. And then at the very end, he said Florida State. And they all went crazy, all went loud. Florida State, because you remember back at this time, Florida State was good as well. Wow, man, it's crazy how times have changed. But the president of the University of Florida had this to say about why the Gator Bait chant is no longer going to be utilized at games. Quote, while I know of no evidence of racism associated with our Gator Bait cheer at UF sporting events, there is horrific Historic racist imagery associated with the phrase. Accordingly, university athletics and the Gator Band will continue the use of the cheer. End quote. Ah, uh, so sir, um, so you're basically saying you're canceling out a chant and a cheer due to the fear of someone else saying they don't like it, even though the things we're canceling out right now have race written all over them. They have race problems and race issues and some racial tension written all over them. But all of a sudden, because of the thought, even though something does not associate themselves with racism or race issues or any injustice there because of a cheer, all of a sudden you're saying, well, we're going to cancel you out. And that's my problem with things going on in our country. There are things going on in our country that need to be canceled out. A lot of these Confederates out there Yes, there, you could say, Jay, there are some good Confederate soldiers out there that they, they weren't forced, they, they weren't for slavery. They weren't for enslaving a people. They were just there supporting their state and fighting for their side. Okay, cool, I get that. But that side stood for things that are not right and that side stood for things that should not be a part of our country. But all of a sudden, when things don't fit that category, they don't fit the category of things that, well, or they have race all over them this chain has nothing to do with race a black man started a black man started the chain you can say oh we're gonna go back go back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to when oh something happened and well it could be possibly associated with that because well uh, i stop just just stop just just stop I get the reaching. I understand people reach for things. I understand that people are trying and striving to find a anything, literally just anything that has race with it and saying, "Ah, get up, up out the paint." Ah, no, 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 can't do that. Nope, nope, nope. That that statue, that that statue. Nope, get it up, and get it up out of here. Nope, nope, nope. That statue there, get it up out of here. That monument, nope, 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 get it up out of here. In my own town, there was a Confederate monument. In a park, a popular park in the city. I have been there before. People I know have been there before. All of a sudden, what I didn't know, there's a Confederate monument there right there in the park. So what do they do? Well, originally in 2017, I'm gonna I'll give you the whole story because it kind of don't make no sense to me either. In 2017, they had was actually a move to move this monument out of the park because it's a Confederate monument. Nobody wants Confederate monuments, things that are associated with race and what the Confederate, uh, the, the Confederate stood for. So, what the move was was to remove that monument up out of the park. Good idea, good move. Well, what happened was. They didn't move it in 2017 because they believed they needed to raise 50 to 100,000 dollars to remove said monument. 50 to 100,000 dollars. They believed they needed to raise that amount of money to move the monument. So all of a sudden 2020 comes and George Floyd gets murdered. COVID-19 madness is here like everyone's on edge people are rioting people are looting people are peacefully protesting and all of a sudden the mayor says well we're gonna move that remove that monument so in my head and I'm reading the articles I like to read guys I don't like to just come on here and talk without reading and knowing all the facts so I'm reading these articles and I'm like okay well uh 2017 y'all said that y'all was going to do it but y'all needed to raise money all of a sudden when businesses are shutting down when things that are going on that don't really make much sense, because well, uh, people lose. There's money coming to us, but people are losing money. There's more money being put into unemployment to help those that aren't that don't have jobs, so they can pay their bills, etc., etc., etc. All of a sudden, now you can remove the monument. Now, great, I'm glad they did it, but I don't know why it took so long. So now we're removing things like that. And that's great. There's things that need to be removed, but be leery and be careful about what you remove. Because that chant, there was nothing wrong with it. But for all of you out there that, well, are saying the Washington Redskins, I I don't mind saying the name. Um, You may say the Washington R-Words or the the Washington football team. Those of you that that, uh, are saying I will not say the name Redskins because it is offensive to a people. It's a degrading word to a people. Okay, I get that. But there's a good chance that, well, you can see the Redskins get a new name. The Atlanta Braves get a new name. The Florida State Seminoles could remove some chance. I've actually seen articles that they're saying they would love to remove the name Doke Campbell off of the stadium. Like literally re- rename the whole stadium because of some history and uh, a triggered past, a uh, racist past that Doke Campbell had. I mean, hey, this is the time of change. This is a time of moving things. This is a time of removing the bad and, p- and replacing it with the good. But guys, guys. In sports, there are things that we love. In sports, there are things that make sports unique. That chant is one thing that is unique to the Florida Gator sporting e- sporting atmosphere. In removing the chant, I don't think it should be happening. I don't think it's bad. Because, you don't know why? Because even the president said, there is nothing wrong with the chant. There is nothing racially charged with the with the chant. But because of the way it could be perceived, we're removing it. Guys, I, over the next few months, probably next few years, be looking out there. Your school, your, a team you love, professional, college or high school, they can have something to be removed just like the Florida Gators did. Why? Not because of something racially wrong with it, but because people are scared and they're canceling things out out of fear of what someone else may think. Last but not least, This week was a different week in sports. This was a week that, well, news was a little slow. Now, you had baseball negotiations, but those are getting old. Those are getting blah. No no one wants to talk about that anymore. You had some basketball stuff come out early in the week, but once again, like Orlando bubble. A lot of people have talked about that. That came out Monday or Tuesday, and then dragging that onto another week when I when it was a 113-page document that went out with the rules and regulations for the Orlando bubble, the hotels where the teams would be playing, the amenities, uh, all the different things that go on with the Orlando bubble. Who can watch games? Where they can watch games? Where players can sit? What coaches can sit on the fir- on the on the first row? What coaches can sit on the second row? Who has to wear a mask at a game? Who does not have to wear a mask at a game? Etc. 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 And then Sunday afternoon, I'm actually preparing for this show, and actually, I was preparing for another show that I was on, the Scarlet Scarlet and Great podcast on their on the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network that actually drops today. So after you get done with that, go to the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network, check out that episode. Me and uh, Corey Thompson uh, kind of had a co style episode there. It was a lot of fun. And there's a big announcement there at the beginning of that. I think you will enjoy it for all of you Ohio State Buckeye fans. But then all of a sudden, like I said, this was a slow, slow, slow news week. And then lo and behold, as I'm preparing for this show and the other one, look at my phone. I'm an hour late to this message, but it's a big message. Dak Prescott is expected to sign a franchise tag, his franchise tag that was offered to him and put on the table in the middle of March. But he's expected to sign his franchise tag on Monday. And at first glance, I'm like, hold on, hold on. Did I read this correctly? Because I believe his franchise tag is for thirty one point four million dollars. So, I'm, I'm like, hold on. Am I reading this correctly? Is it real? Is it true that Dak Prescott is going to possibly sign his franchise tag on Monday? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, Cowboys fans, wouldn't it be nice that earlier in the episode, when I mentioned that Uh, what's his name, Jamal Adams maybe wanted to get traded from the Jets down to a team. uh, There were seven teams, excuse me, eight teams on the list. Texans, Cowboys, Seahawks, Eagles, Chiefs, 49ers, Ravens, and Buccaneers. Wouldn't it be nice if you can get Dak Prescott to sign his uh, long-term contract? We're going to get to that in a second. And also trade for Jamal Adams. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it would. It would be amazing, guys. It would be amazing. But Dak Prescott, you know what this does? This puts him in a spot to not just get paid this year, but after this season, he's going to be an unrestricted, free agent you know what that does to Jerry Jones put Jerry Jones back against the wall I believe the last contract that it, that they offered him was like 35 million per year and Dak was trying to get upwards to 40 million a year and well Dak Prescott he's a starting quarterback in this league and he's only getting better and I believe with Mike McCarthy at the helm calling the shots I believe Dak Prescott will take steps better to better himself to improve year after year after year you can say whatever you want about Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers and what happened there I think that Mike McCarthy those few years off those times that those that time away from football would do a man good would do his football out football sense good and his coaching ability and really adjusting and adapting to the times that we're playing in right now and Dak Prescott hey man you may get that 40 million I am pretty sure that Jerry Jones was not expecting you to put him in this situation. Jerry is used to winning. Jerry is used to being the guy that well gets what he wants. Jerry's used to making more money, making sure that well Jerry does things the way Jerry wants to. I mean goodness. His the stadium is named after him or nicknamed after him. Jerry's world. I mean he has an ego as big as the stadium. Jerry Jones normally wins or he wants to win. But Jerry, I, my man, as a man that used to negotiate for a job, actually I negotiate now for my job, just in a different way. Um, my, my regular my, my full time job. Yeah, uh Jerry, uh, it sure looks like man, what you put on the table and Dak has his mind made up and Dak knows that while well, the salary cap the, the salary cap will be moving and there's money there and his agent knows, hey man, just just keep going, just keep going. Just keep, just, just keep pushing him back. Just, just just keep pushing him back. Just keep pushing him back. And Jerry Jones is going to find himself with his back against the wall. And he's going to have to, well, if you don't pay the man, Cherry, Dak is going to be a free agent after the season. And let's just say, Jerry, let's just say That y'all do well, y'all go ahead and win the Super Bowl this year, and let's just say that Jamal Adams, the the trade request that he put forward, is granted, then his agent comes to you, Jerry, and you you trade for Jamal Adams, and then, well, you have yourself in a pickle now, don't you? Cause you gotta pay two players, two guys that are all that are that are really good, two guys that are some of the best at their at their position. Yes, I know people don't like that Prescott. People think Dak Prescott, Prescott is trash. I think the Jason Garrett experience and Dak together was not a good one. I am not that knocking Dak. I actually think Dak will be a lot better this upcoming season than he was last. And I think some of y'all that hate Dak may find yourselves drafting Dak in your fantasy football league. But hey, y'all don't want to have that conversation now, do you? But Dak Prescott, this con- this, 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 him signing the franchise tag, the tenure, it supposedly is going to happen today on Monday. Yes, exciting. Big news. But Jerry Jones, you are in a situation that you do not want to be in. Because let's just say you don't sign him. Y'all do big things. He wins the Super Bowl. Oh, man, that payday is going to be massive. That payday is going to be beautiful for the bank account of Dak Prescott and if he doesn't sign him he hits the free agency free agent market hey hey jerry you better put your money where your mouth is baby because i I sure hope you want to keep this man because if not there are numerous teams in the national football league that would love to have the services of Dak prescott Thank you for listening to the episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at stevens 7 If you're not on Twitter and you would love to connect with the podcast, see your emails to jstevenspod at gmo.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that search for new podcasts to listen to to come across this one remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth the things that we enjoy in life we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about so no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one be sure that people know about the podcast this has been episode 105 of the jc was podcast i'll see you next time I'm coming in. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Cordova from The Exiles, and you're listening to MTMB Sports. Keep it locked.